0: Okay. Hello, everybody,
1: and welcome to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Fidelity. I'm Ali Cora, Multimedia Content Editor, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Justin Nielsen, IBD Market Research Director. And this week's special guest, making his very triumphant return to the podcast, is Arusha Puris. He is Portfolio Manager at O'Neill Global Advisors. And on this week's show, we have a lot to talk about in terms of the current market what's uh, shaping the market direction, and also how you can use industry group strength and the relative strength line to help you focus on what's working. And we're going to take a look, of course, at a couple of stocks and get some analysis from Arusha on that. So welcome, Arusha.
2: Hey, good good to be here. Good, good to see what you've done with the place. And
3: I'm pretty excited show.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure the audience is uh, feels very relieved to hear your voice uh, <laughs> back on the airwaves
3: there's some Very sense of normalcy to back to this place huh? <laughs> right. yeah I, I I wanted you to actually put as one of his titles former former host yeah, of... former... Yeah, that, that would have been really good
1: <laughs> Formerly known as. Me.
3: yes exactly
1: goes yeah. by a symbol too
3: soon man the,
2: the the wound is hasn't healed yet Justin. okay
1: <laughs> well we're glad to have you back on it's a treat
3: thank you well,
1: let's so get down to off. it. Yeah. Should we
3: start uh, talking about the market? Because, I mean, today uh, was rough. Maybe we rough. Need more introductions. Yeah, I, exactly. I, mean, right, I don't exactly. want to talk about the market. Yeah, let's stall this one. I stall. know. <laughs> I know. It's,
1: uh, we're afraid to look, but we must. So a really rough day here. And we've been talking about this bifurcated market and the weakness in tech, but it seems now uh, like it's really spreading to other areas of the market, guys.
2: Yeah. It- well, the this is the beauty of our system, right? Our system, the markets are always gonna look ahead, and for months now, growth stocks have been uh, they've been in trouble. They've been slowly being sold off at key points, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And you know, I, I was trying a number of these growth stocks. Uh, the last couple of months, and and really since the beginning of the year. And it was just a struggle. Every single time I tried it, I was forced to cut losses, forced to cut losses. And we're starting to find out why. There's more evidence coming out. And obviously, with the inflation numbers, the CPI numbers going through the roof, uh, I I think it was like the highest since 2008. Uh, This is an environment where growth stocks are not going to do well. But I think the The beauty of the system is that the market always anticipates this. And if you learn how to read charts, it's been telling us for months now not to really be in growth stocks.
3: Yeah, I think that's one of the amazing things is how that technical action, uh, you know, they they say that the market is a leading indicator, right? Not a uh, lagging indicator. And so, again, this is something that we've been seeing in the NASDAQ for quite a while. The NASDAQ has, you know, it it has been clearly in a corrective phase. I mean, it, it started Getting to those highs of February 16th, but really couldn't make much progress before starting to take another downturn. But even when it was getting back to those highs, it was it was really interesting because it was the former leaders not really participating. You see, the advanced mm-hmm. decline line on the Nasdaq Composite was really not doing much. Um, you know, it was the the Googles, the Apples, the Facebook. You know, that's what was really driving the Nasdaq ahead. And um, yeah. It, I think the trickiest part, though, was it was really hard to, you know, look at the S and P 500 and ignore the fact that the S and P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average were at new highs. I mean, mm-hmm. just just last week, right? <laughs> they were they were breaking out in new high territory, and you know now they finally are looking a little bit worse. So, uh, what would you, you know, kind of in? I, I know this is a little bit of hindsight, uh, but What should people have been looking at? What cues should people have been taking? Um, How invested do you think people should have been during this market where, again, you had this bifurcation, our normal stuff wasn't working, but you did have strength in these areas that was undeniable. So what, what would have been your hindsight look at the way to play this? Well... There, there are a couple of things first, uh, I think it,
2: and it's not necessarily hindsight. This is every time you just look at your portfolio, how, how are you doing? Right. Right. The mm-hmm. portfolio is going to be telling you whether you're, you're, right or wrong on your decisions. So that if you were in the wrong stocks, whenever you're in the wrong stocks, it's going to be telling you, you're out of sync with the market. And it was very easy, especially for growth investors to be out of sync most of the year. Right. Uh, so, so that, that was one thing, uh, Relative strength industry groups, which I think we'll talk about in the next segment. Uh, those were the two key kind of indicators. Now, I, I admit, because I look at a lot of stocks. And over the weekend, mm-hmm. I look at a lot, a lot of stocks. And there was, there are plenty of times where growth stocks did look attractive. But one thing that I've kind of gotten a little bit uh lazy on is looking at concentrating on the industry group ranking well the market has really made me pay for that because if you were if that was a key part of your analysis every week the top 40 groups you hardly had any growth related type of groups here, maybe some retail and things like that but it was it was pretty consistently energy building real estate uh things like uh, things like that but uh a lot of it is just the, the relative strength, the industry groups and the portfolio. Th- those are kind of those hindsight kind of things where you have to go back, do your post analysis and figure out, uh, you know, am I making the right decisions based on your performance? And I'll say one thing, you know, this is the trickiest type of environment for us. This is, this is the worst case scenario for our system because it's a trendless system. Right. And so every few days, it's gonna give you, it's gonna tempt you. Hey, here's a stock coming up through the 50-day moving average, one of your favorites, trying to build the right-hand side of the base. Here's another stock that's breaking out on maybe low volume, but the rel- you're missing that the relative strength line is lagging. Uh, and so this is the choppy market, the trendless market, uh, the sideways market, which is the most dangerous market for our system. Mm-hmm. Right, we're a trend-based system. We do well in uptrends, like especially last year was ridiculous. Uh, and we can stay out of downtrends, but it's this trendless indecisive market where you have this rotation that almost seems to happen every two days or so. Right. Uh, that's the one that can catch us. And that's where you really have to use, look at your portfolio and look at your batting average to tell you, am I in sync or, with the market or not?
1: Yeah, uh, but there have been bright spots in the market, as you've been saying, the oil and gas, construction, (laughs) well, just to talk about these other areas that that have been working, do you try to hold those for home run gains? If you've been able to, you know, grab a couple of those over the last couple of months, or do you try to go for just a, a 20% gain because you know, you have a week like this week and, uh, you can even be taking some hits off, you know, off the top of those big movers.
2: Yeah. I, I think really that's up to each individual, how well they do me personally now. The, the ones that I've had profits on, I've been taking them because it's been rare that that I've been right this year. so' I've, I've been I've tried to be pretty quick to take those profits. Uh, if, if you are if your 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 sweet spot are these type of stocks, the Dow related stocks, real estate building where you really understand them, now you might have the conviction to hold on uh, for those home runs and those big winners. Because this, they have been trending quite well, and you, you might have caught them earlier, and you'll can, you you'll be able to handle the kind of the wiggles and wobbles that are going to happen in this more volatile market. Uh, so it really just comes down to what you're comf- uh, comfortable with. Now, I think most investors who have been studying the CanSlim system, uh, w- w- this is not going to be our environment. A, l- a lot of us are just going to prefer to only be invested a little bit and mainly set out on the sidelines i know mark minervini says that you know it's either uh you're looking for the easy dollar environment or the hard penny environment right right? a hard penny environment and so in in many ways this is not uh worth it for for most people to uh try you know if if you're really good at getting growth stocks this is not worth trying uh this kind of hard penny environment because you're you're just kind of getting whipped around, taking quick gains, things like that. It's more frustrating. You're better off preserving your mental capital, resting, and letting your type of stocks really set up for
3: that next uh, run. And I guess two things that I found that have been a little bit more difficult. Uh, you know, number one, when you have the S and P 500, you know, going to new highs, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average going to new highs, it's hard not to feel like. Wait a minute! I'm missing out. If 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 I'm not if I'm not participating, then the fact that these are going to new highs, I'm missing out. And then number two, I, I think we've all felt that this is just not as a forgiving environment as maybe people got used to last year. You know, where um, you know you, you you were talking about some of that yeah little lazy habits and bad habits that kind of creep in, and and this this happens to everyone. But man, I feel like every time those bad habits or laziness creeps in, I get I get punished for it. I really, you know, I really get punished for uh, any lack of discipline. Um, and again, you can get away with it in certain markets, like last year. But uh, then eventually, it's like, wait, you know, if 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 you start breaking rules, you're a lot of times going to suffer the consequences. And I think the relative strength line, as you were saying, is, is a big one. And we'll we'll definitely get to that in the second segment. Um, but what what would you say to people? Is is that just do you stick with okay? I'm not going to play those because that's not my style, or um, I'm going to shift and maybe play smaller ball or what, what are kind of some of the ways to approach it? You kind of got into it a little
2: mm-hmm. bit, but yeah, bit it, it, I, I would, I would say, you know, definitely if you're going, if you want to play, play smaller, right? If this is not your, if these aren't your stocks, if you don't understand them as well, play, play smaller, learn from it. Right. Cause they, they are trend a number of those stocks are trending well. And there are a lot of lessons to learn there. Uh, so I, I, would, I would say, I always say, you know, whenever you're learning anything, just start small, play it small, whether it's, you know, trying these type of stocks or options or shorting or whatever, play very, very small, get comfortable with it. Cause all these different types of stocks are going to trade a little bit differently. Uh, so I, I, think that that's a good, uh, that's a good approach to this. So you're not really committing. I mean, you know people always think that, Especially when you're newer, that you there's always going to be a bull market somewhere, right? right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, uh, there there's always going to be a way to make money, and the reality is is, I mean, you don't necessarily need that to have you know to grow your uh, equity curve on a consistent basis year year over year. Now some years you're going to go sideways and go down a little bit, but you're mm-hmm. cutting your losses and preserving that capital to really put it when those times. Uh, are right and ripe for growth stocks to explode. Uh, so y- so it's your choice at that point. But I would say play small. This this is very unusual, though. It, it doesn't always happen like this. I, I mean, Justin, I, yeah, you've been looking at this for, for a long, long time. I, I don't remember a, a mark. It's I don't really remember a market like this where the Dow and S&P were consistently hitting new highs and then Nasdaq was like consistently going sideways or just on on the verge of making new lows.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, you had you had 2000 where yeah, exactly. um, you know that that was where the Nasdaq was taking a harder hit. You know, the right. S&P 500 and Dow Jones Industrial Average were certainly coming down, but the Nasdaq was just getting destroyed. I mean, it was down 79% from the high to the low. Um, whereas the S&P 500 and Dow Jones industrial average were a little bit more uh, uh, muted in terms of their their correction. Um, but, you know, and then in 2016, you yeah. know, after the presidential election, you know, and we, we've talked about this on the show, you, you did have this bifurcation that kind of happened as I think people were shifting to Okay, what what's going to happen in this administration? Um, you know, and and shifting to the, those ideas of okay, and and to a degree there was a little right. bit of chasing, like oh, is it going to be infrastructure? Is it going to be this? Or is it? Yeah. And so there was this kind of rotation underneath that you know was you, you look at two thousand seventeen and it was such a phenomenal year uh, for the indexes, but. It was really easy to get destroyed underneath the surface, you know, because you know there were these very light pullbacks, you know, three point four percent, I think, was the max on the S and P five hundred, and underneath you had this rotation, you know, that was happening, um, which did, which did make it difficult. Um, And I guess going forward, that's that's the question here, you know, the S and P five hundred, you know, it's it's not even at its fifty day moving average line yet. So, is this seeming like it's you know, potentially a bigger issue, the start of something bigger, or is this just another pullback to the 50-day moving average line and then you, know, you have to be ready to go again? Well, I mean, yeah, you, you could, a lot of times I think the best thing to do is
2: you have to be as objective as possible, right? So we're, we're looking at the chart, the SPY right now, it's right at the 50-day. If you wanted to, you know, make a trade off of this and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to buy here and keep my risk maybe 3% below, 3 4% below the 50-day, you, you do have some kind of trade right there. And especially for regular stocks when they're trending well, you, a lot of times you want to start, you want to take those trades in a good market. So you could take that same approach here. I, the one thing I was going to mention is if you don't want to buy, ener, you don't know which energy stocks to buy or what Dow Jones stocks to buy, you can always buy the etfs for these mm-hmm. right and and that's what i've done i just bought a few of these and xle is one that i, I bought it's like i don't even know what energy stocks but i do own xle because i see underneath the surface a lot of those energy stocks are trending well and I I can handle the volatility a little bit better on this ETF versus uh, one of the
3: individual stocks.
1: Yeah, Justin, I know you're a big fan of this approach as well. Right,
3: yeah, and so XLE, of course, is the spider uh, sector fund for energy. Um, And you know what, I think this is a good transition. Um, When we come back, we'll go ahead and get a little bit more into the industry groups, uh, the relative strength, and uh, that'll be coming up in our second segment. So stay tuned.
0: Fidelity Investments is hiring now. If you have a Series 7 financial license, you'll find opportunities for both remote roles and regional-centered careers across the country. At Fidelity, we provide opportunities to help you change lives every day while making sure you have benefits that make an impact in your own life. Flexible work environments, training and resources to help you grow, all adapting with you throughout your career because your workplace should work for you too. Visit fidelitycareers.com to explore jobs today. Fidelity is an equal opportunity employer. Welcome
3: back to Investing with IBD, sponsored by Fidelity. I'm Justin Nielsen, along with my co-host, Ali Quorum, and our former host of Investing with IBD, our special guest this week, Arusha Paris. Now, Arusha, we were talking a lot about how difficult this market has been. Mm-hmm. Um, two lessons that you can kind of maybe impart to people who maybe are new to this, um, industry groups and relative strength. Let's go ahead and start with industry groups. And what what do you look for to kind of determine where the strength is and where you should be looking what pond you should be fishing in
2: yeah well i think the easiest thing to do with industry groups is just take a look at the just the overall ranking in the 197 industry groups and a lot of times you want to focus on the top 40 industry groups and so uh, i'm not sure if we can uh, yeah so let's just take a look at that you have oil and gas as the first two groups retail department stores, right? Oil and gas, retail, retail, steel, transportation, retail apparel, which is so, so a little bit of girlty, uh, me- metal products, uh, wholesale jewelry, building, media books, you know, chemicals. You know, th- this immediately is telling me this is not our environment right there, mm-hmm. right? Just by looking at the composition. A lot of times when you're in a great environment, especially like last year, they were all like computer software enterprise, uh, computer this, computer that, right? Uh, it just all these things. Yeah, those tests, are some of the lowest this year. Yeah, yeah. And the ones flip-flopped, right? The, all the ones that were at the bottom uh, from last year, they all rose to the top. Like energy, I think was all the energy sectors at the bottom last year. Now they've all come back up. And all the, the growth stocks, all these stocks that didn't have a lot of earnings, the cloud stocks didn't have a lot of earnings, uh, but had tons of sales, uh, which did really well last year. Now they've reversed and they've gone all the way to the bottom. So the first step I think you could do is just look at just a snapshot and say, okay, where's wall street placing its bets. Right. And, and in those top 40 right now, they're placing it in everything but technology stocks. Right. So it, it tells and that that's been pretty consistent uh, for the last few months. It's, it's just been like that. So you can take a look at it that way. Now, another way you could do it is looking at the Grill 250 and just take a look at the stocks that are coming through the Grill 250. Uh, and so you, so you can do this on the weekend and you're going to get a lot of the same type of stocks, a lot of energy stocks, things like that. But uh, Ali, so if, if you mm-hmm. uh, maximize the bottom panel for one second. Yeah. And so when you when you're on Mark Smith, if you're looking at the bottom panel, if you scroll to the right, There's a column, an industry group column, uh, that uh, keeps scrolling to the right. There you go. And so there's with the industry names, there's industry group rank and the industry names. Uh, So the way the Mark Smith Growth 250 is sorted, it's sorted by industry group rank, and then within the rank, composite rating. So a lot of times, what I like to do, and I used to do this a lot more in years past, but I would just first scroll to the right, look at industry group name, and then I'll just look at the chunks. Okay, there's a lot, there's like, what, seven, eight stocks in oil and gas. And I scroll a little bit more, there's a number in retail, scroll a little bit more, steel. And so that's really showing me where Wall Street is placing their bets. These are companies with, uh, they're good companies with a lot of potential and it's so good enough that they're being picked up by the girl through 50. And meaning that Wall Street is starting to put more and more money on it because it's starting to show a little bit of relative strength or maybe some earnings. So right. those are kind of the, the two quick ways that you can go to really kind of just get an idea of where the money's going Mm-hmm. Uh, underneath the surface.
1: But I, I think then this begs the question if growth stocks are out of favor, and you know, the CNA and CANSLIM are that strong earnings growth, a lot of the stocks that are outperforming right now don't have the typical fundamentals that we look for. They're more of these turnaround plays, but they have. The exceedingly strong technical action. So I think you know when we talk to uh, a lot of uh, people on IBD Live or on Twitter, that's kind of the rub: is well, these don't have the fundamentals that I'm told are needed to increase my odds of success.
2: Yeah, and and so that in itself, if you want to be more of a pure can slim investor, that in itself is telling you you shouldn't have as much exposure as you probably had last year, right? Uh, Now, there are still some stocks that have growth potential within this, or there are times where you go for like, like you said, the turnaround stocks, Uh, and there have definitely been times in market cycles, 2007 is one that comes to mind where the commodity stocks just went through the roof, and so you're you're going more and they actually a number of those commodity stocks do have some really good earnings and sales. So they do fulfill the, the fundamentals that we look for uh, using can slim and they have the relative strength and the, the price action. So sometimes you have to parse it a little bit fine and also be a little bit more flexible to go towards where the money's going. If you really want to participate. So uh, if you want to have exposure market, then you want to go where the money's going at that time what the markets telling you where it's going, or you can say, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just not going to play that much. Maybe I'll just put a little in ETFs and I'll just take a break.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I've got kind of a two-part question here, um, Ali. If we could go back to the the first screen that you showed with the industry groups, um, I was I was wondering, do you ever look at the directionality? You know, because I mean that's something that you you certainly mentioned how a lot of the the former leaders we have seen them kind of you know flip flop, and you know one of the ones that jumped out at me was when you were looking at the bottom energy solar, which was. You know yeah. three months ago six months ago was number one number two and now it's you know totally down at well. the bottom and then you look at some of the others you know it, it's it's flip-flop do you do you look at because MarketSmith smith does show you yeah. kind of that directionality is that something that you look at or is it just like you know what i i don't care really where it's been i just care where it is right now
2: no yeah no you you bring this is a little trick that that i, I will show that i've shown mark smith customers in the past on webinars Uh, so for, for those of you, you definitely want to watch the video version of this, but (laughs) sort by, uh, so when you're on like the, uh, so you're in the industry groups. And so if you want to sort by the three month, uh, column, right. And you're going to put the worst at the top of the list. So if you click on that once, there you go. So now the worst at the top of the list, right? So three months ago, soap and. Uh the soap group. And, and was, cleaning
1: preparation. Yeah, cleaning.
2: I was like, clinging? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, the soap group was at, at 197. They're the worst group. They haven't done that much. But uh, what I'll do is I'll look at the industry group rank column. So the current rankings. And I'll just scan down and look for stop. Uh, actually double digits, right? So you're looking at the worst groups. And as you scan down, you may see some big jumps. So, So, Ali here is highlighting the retail wholesale auto parts group, which went from 191 three months ago and it made a jump to 96. Now, there are only eight stocks in it, but still, that's that's, uh, something's going on there. Uh, If you scroll down a little bit more, uh, let's see, there's a not the insurance dividend uh, diversified Diversified. is Mm -hmm. not 93, right? So, they went from 163 three months ago to 93. Then there's the building from 158 to 73. So in just three months, it went from 158 to 73. So there's a, there's some money going into that to drive it up. So this is a way to kind of uh, maybe get a little bit ahead of the curve on on some of these groups because you'll they'll they'll you'll start seeing a jump in some of these groups, especially after an earnings season where more money goes there because Wall Street's starting to figure out that these groups this is their time in the market cycle where they make a lot of money. And so, yeah, I I will do that from time to time just to see where the big jumps are. And then I'll just double click and look at the stocks in it.
3: Right. I was just going to say, you mentioned how uh, there were a couple of these groups that uh, didn't have a lot of components in the group. And because it's also a price weighted index, sometimes you can get one stock almost dominating the group because it's just a higher price stock. And so uh, I think that's where it, it is key to kind of do that next level down, especially if there's not that many stocks in there. I'll look at all of them and I'll just say, hey, is this something where it really is a group move or is this one stock that's just kind of uh, taken over? Mm-hmm. And then if that's the case, is it still you know, indicative of something that's going on in that industry because it's got that new factor in there?
2: Yeah, most and,
1: definitely.
3: And, and then really, the, the final way you can do it is, almost, is kind of like the
2: bottoms up approach. This mm-hmm. is more kind of top down we're doing, looking for, you know, first, obviously the highest top is markets then industry groups, but we're looking from the industry group level, you can go bottom up. If you're looking at enough stocks, like a growth two hundred and fifty or sometimes I'll look at a lot more stocks a lot of the time, and you'll start noticing, wow, there are a lot of stocks in the, the building group or the building sector that are forming bases that have shown some nice uptrends or some are forming bases and, and some of them might be emerging. Now, the oil and gas uh, US exploratory group this is a good example here they've had a a really nice strong run over the last few months and they finally formed some bases over the last uh month or so and now they've started to merge out of those this is the first these are the first bases that they've actually started to form uh so and, and now they're starting to move and they're ranked number two and so they're actually giving kind of the the more traditional opportunity to get into some of these stocks hmm
1: Yeah. So then how do you know if it's too late? So say you're, you're looking at the industry group strength, what then are you looking for on those charts to help you determine, okay, this is where I need to be putting my money?
2: Yeah. I, well, you can, I mean, the first, the easiest way to do that is looking at it's, when a stock goes through a, a run, it's going to form a number of bases. Along its, along its path. And so that's one way, we call that stage counting. I don't wanna really get too, too far down in, into that level. But uh, if, if a stock's been going up for, for a while and if it's formed three or four of these bases, a lot of times it's become a lot more obvious. And when it becomes more obvious, if you start hearing people you know talk about it or CNBC talk about it, it's become obvious and you wanna be a little bit more careful there. Uh, so, so that's one, one thing, just see how far it's running and if it keeps emerging out of it. The probability of it working as well is less a, at that time. So, so, so that's one thing, but here's the other, here's the reality though. If, if it's a stock that I really like a company that I really like, and even if it's gone on a big, big run, I sometimes will take a chance at it if, if it's breaking out powerfully and, uh has everything going for me. It's a great earnings report, things like that. I'll still take a chance because anything can happen in the market, right? You just don't know. So anything can happen in the market. I'll take a chance. The difference is if it's a later kind of stage base, it's been running for a long time. I'll be quicker to get out of it because now I mm-hmm. know I'm playing with a lot more risk at this point, and if it's going to fail, it could fail really bad. So I'll just be quicker to get out of it. But You're never going to know in the markets for sure. That's really one of the hardest things for people to get used to because a lot of these people, a lot of people who start getting into the markets are really smart people. They excel at their profession and a lot of the professions are black and white for the most part, right? There's a kind of a set rules and if they get really good at it, they can just reproduce that over and over again. Guess what? In the market, anything can happen. The markets are insane. And so even though we have all these rules that put structure in place, but you still know that- there's, this is just probabilities. Mm-hmm. And so if it's a great company, if that's breaking out, I'll still take a chance, maybe smaller, I'll adjust for that risk uh, because uh, I know that there's a chance that it can go from say a fourth stage base, we consider kind of a late stage base. I've seen four stage bases go to six stage, eight stage, you know, and so you don't know
3: at that point. So, or if you get a climax top, then you've got one of the most powerful moves that you're going to see it in. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it also might be helpful if we take a step back and talk about why there is such this importance on industry group strength a little bit more. Because you talked about a number of technology stocks in this uh, last move up that we saw by the NASDAQ. There were uh, a lot of uh, stocks that were teasing you and just the shiny objects that are just making it so compelling for you to try those. And they didn't end up really working out. Maybe. Yeah.
2: It it will. And this is this is kind of the. This is kind of the, the downside of knowing companies too, right? Really starting to understand them and developing conviction. We always talk about the great having conviction when the stocks are trending well, yeah. but these companies are really great companies, but- The stories are, times- are
3: so compelling. <laughs> they yeah. are. They're, they're
2: very compelling and they really are great companies. They're, they're going to be around for a long time and the odds are they're going to do really well, but there are clear times in the market when they're out of favor and the, there's going to be disconnect between the company and the stock. Right. And so you may be right on the company over 10 years, but the stock might go down for two years and uh, you may lose 60, 70 percent on that investment. Right. So uh, so I can go over some examples here of companies that I really like. But, you know, I started to understand the hard way by losing money that, OK, the environment is changing here. So uh, I, we could go like the, we could pull up like a trade desk, um, ticker oh, symbol, yeah. uh, TTD. And uh, so you can see like in, in February trade desk came back above the 50 day moving average. And yeah, it's around there. And then it also reported it, it got through earnings and it started to move up. So that's that, that was right around the, the time where I tried it. Uh, now this was an ugly cup with handle notice pattern recognition did not call, ca- ca- uh, call it a cup with a handle, but I said, eh, you know, what, what is pattern recognition now? <laughs> I think it's a couple <laughs> handle. Uh, and so I tried it. And then the next day, it sold off, and I was like, OK, that's not right, right for it to sell off that quickly. So something's off, so I sold like half my position. And then, of course, the next day, it gaps down like, massively on that. So I had to close out the position right there. So uh, now do I regret trying it at that point? A little bit, but not not that much because a lot of times it's just a numbers game. But really, look, I knew what I was doing getting into this stock. I was parsing it fine. I knew that the there wasn't really a, it wasn't a great pattern. Uh, the relative strength line was nowhere new, near new highs at that point, so it was lagging at that time. Uh, and you, you know the the it shouldn't have reacted that second day like that. So there are there are a number of things here that I was like, yeah, I'm cutting it close. So I did actually go in smaller for this, but I still paid dearly because of the that gap down the, uh, on that day. But these are on the cards, right? So. So, th- so that's one. A Pinterest is another one where I, I was lucky to get out of this without uh, really getting hurt too badly. But I did. So as it came back about through the 50, I didn't buy it there. Usually I will start buying some, but, you know, I was, I was probably smarting over the trade desk, losing money on that. <laughs> so I passed on this one. Uh, It started to move up after four or five days. And of course, now I'm upset that it's like, oh my God, I I missed out on this trade. Because Pinterest is such a great company. It's probably gonna go up to 150 from here and I'm gonna miss out on it. You you let the emotions get the best of you. Uh, So I started buying a little bit as it pulled back. And then when it, when it started to emerge out of that, once again, pattern recognition did not call this a, a cup of handle. Uh, but I said, what, it, what what is pattern recognition? No, I'm gonna try it here. And so I tried it, but when this reversed quickly, I, I said, okay, Trade Desk the trade desk caught me. Now here's one, okay, I'm gonna get out of it. Worst case scenario, is if it does break into highs, I can buy it again. And so this one I, escape barely on this because then it really blew up and then that and so when it really when pinterest really got hit like that those are kind of little warning signs going okay something's off here this is not the behavior that you see when stocks are being accumulated right it it just happens day by day you'll see little clues like this when stocks are being accumulated they behave a certain way when they're being distributed they behave another way where they kind of go up they'll they'll They'll, uh, you know, tempt you in, their ugly bases, and then they sell off hard. And, and so, so, so that's one. Shopify, one of my favorite companies and a stock that I was in a lot last year. Mm-hmm. This is one that I was like, oh, l- l- let me, let me try to parse and get above as I was trying to get into the uh, above the fifty day. And once again, it almost did very similar to Trade Desk. And now I, I had the Trade Desk experience in the back of my mind because. Almost identical, so I tried it. But when it reversed the next day, I was quickly to get out of it because it's like this looks just like trade disc. Or it does it a little bit, really ugly kind of cup with handle, and then they sold it off uh, pretty heavily again. Um, so all these patterns. First of all, the first warning sign is these are terrible patterns, right? Mm-hmm. There's they are not sound cup with handles. Second, relative strength lines you can see on Shopify here consistently lagging. Uh, they, they were consistently making downtrends. The relative strength line is going to be your, your best friend if you learn how to, to use that in analysis process because Ali just switched it to a weekly chart right here. Uh, the, this relative strength line has been lagging for the longest time. It's just been making new low after new low. And so it's been telling you for the last couple of months that, hey, Shopify is not a leader in this market anymore. It's, it, it's just lagging
3: and look for something else. But if and you, sometimes that's hard when yeah. something was the leader and maybe you made money on it. And again, as you said, you got to know the story so well.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, and I know Shopify is going to be around for the next 10, 10, 15, 30, 40 years. They're, it's an incredible company and what they're doing is amazing, but that does not necessarily mean that the stock can't correct 60, 70% from here. Right. Right. Anything's possible in in the markets and, especially with inflation rising, all that kind of stuff, you know, they will hit these growth stocks pretty hard uh, if, if uh, things get worse on, on that front.
3: Well, an important mm-hmm. statistic that people should remember is that, you know, when we look at what we consider these model book stocks, these stocks that have had, you know, the, the greatest moves, when they correct, the average correction is 72% from their top, you know? And so when you're talking about this is what they could do, this is what they actually average, you know? And again, some of them come back, 12 and a half percent will come back and lead in another cycle but uh, you just have to know hey do you want to sit through a 72 percent correction because that's the average and that's over a long period of time not just 2000.com bubble not financial crisis uh, you know not coronavirus it's that's over a long period of time now, now look who's being the debbie downer here <laughs> <laughs> no that's 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 the warning you know again that that doesn't mean it's going to happen but you always have to be prepared for that and that's why we right. don't try to buy these, you know, on on the
0: on, on the good. way down. Yep.
3: You know, the, the the buying on the dips, again, that can just be a recipe for disaster. It, it can work great for a little while, but then when it stops working, if you keep on buying on those dips and averaging down, it's it's uh, you're going to you're going to lose a lot of
2: money. Well, and, and this is why I love risk management, right? Cuz I I just showed you three really dumb trades that I made this year. Uh and I didn't know they were dumb at that at that time. But what saved me from really losing a lot of money was I had an exit strategy.
1: Yep. Once, rules.
2: <laughs> once Yeah, the rules got me out, even though I was like, oh, once I sell it, I'll probably go back. It doesn't matter. I, I have a plan and you have to trade those plans and exit when they go against you. And that's what's going to enable you to survive long enough to participate in markets like 2020.
1: That's exactly right. So industry group strength extremely important to focus on, as well as that relative strength line. We can't say it enough. That is a huge component of our technical analysis. So we'll have to see that in action when we come back, when we take a look at a couple of stocks. We'll be back soon.
0: Fidelity Investments is hiring licensed financial professionals now. Reach your career goals with the support of a financial lender impacting customers and employees' lives for over 70 years. We're hiring now with remote roles nationally. So if you thrive on helping others, if you're self-motivated, find career growth at Fidelity. Find stability you can count on. Find the flexibility you want and the opportunities you need. Find your Fidelity. Visit series7.fidelitycareers.com. Fidelity is an equal opportunity employer.
1: Welcome back to Investing with IBD. Ali Coram here with Justin Nielsen and Arusha Pires. So let's talk about a couple of stocks right now. Uh, Arusha, I know you were saying you were having a little bit of a difficult time coming up with this list, and it seems like that's kind of a function of the market that we're in right now. Slim yeah. Pickings. Yeah.
2: yeah. Absolutely. It, it is slim pickings. Uh, these are companies that I don't own but uh they they are they are that they're, they're well they're, they're stocks that i don't own and and uh but the stocks are trending and so they are showing some relative strength and so let's take a look
1: okay well first up we have valero ticker vlo uh in that oil and gas sector group 48 in the refining group forming a cup base here so what do you think about this action
2: this is the first really nice base that's formed. And I know it formed another base uh, a couple of months ago. There's a consolidation. That was almost like a, that was essentially a cup with handle too. It just wasn't as nice and U-shaped enough. But you're, you're, you're getting, you, you have a clear, nice prior uptrend. And now it's pulled back, found support on the 10-week line, and formed a much more constructive uh, cup right here. And maybe it's a handle by the end of the week. Uh, so, so the technical action is good. The relative strength line is acting well. The relative strength rating is 78. So it is outperforming 78% of the stocks in the database. Uh, Now, the reason why Valero also stood out to me was, I just remember years ago, Valero doing well. And when oil, the oil groups were acting well, Valero was just one of these. And yeah, you can see in 2003, 2005. So now sometimes that can you know, it's almost this kind of the similar concept that we're talking about that I I went back towards some of the stocks that worked well for me in 2020 with Shopify and Pinterest and things like that. Like way back when this stuck out to me because I just, I didn't participate in this uh, at that time. It's a strong brand name. It's a big company. Now you're not going to, you're not going to pick this up on earnings and sales, right? They have no earnings. Their sales are terrible, but this is a Completely different type of stock that, than we normally look for. Usually, we're looking for game changing stocks, game changing companies that are new companies that are coming in, and they uh, they're producing a service or a product that everyone needs to to have or use. Valero is just they're just this monster company that they they they're just they have this product that everyone has to use it's not necessarily there's a lot of competitors in it but once oil prices get up to a certain point and they can uh they can they can start selling that with great margins this is trending well this is uh so doing some research here on this i think would be worthwhile it now it tried to break out this today right and i noticed it this morning and i was like maybe maybe i should try this but Once again, this is, I think, another example of this is not a breakout type of environment that that you want to try. And a lot of times with commodities, you don't necessarily want to buy them on breakouts. You're generally better off buying them on pullbacks. And so put this on the watch, just read about a little bit more to develop that conviction and wait for maybe a little bit of a pullback or for it to settle down a bit. And and this might give you a, a chance to get into an oil stock if you want to get exposure in this type of environment
3: yeah and I will say that um that move that you were mentioning back in two thousand and three and two thousand and four. Uh, I remember, you know, I was working for Bill O'Neill at the time. And I was watching him buy this. And, you know, I, I'm looking at it. The fundamentals aren't there. You know, I'm, I was fairly newer to the system uh, still. And so I'm, I'm like wondering, why is why is Bill buying this? Has he not read the book that he wrote? You know, <laughs> um, and, and, and you know, one of the things he explained is like, look, you got to sometimes look at the conditions in the industry. You know, that new condition in the industry, what's changed there? You know, same thing with the fertilizers, you know, that were, yes. you know, kind of moving at a similar time. You know, he, he was explaining to me, like, look, it's it's not that... Uh, it's not that the fertilizer industry has changed, but there's something going on that's putting these extra pricing pressures and everything that, you know, that's, that's what's changing, you know, where people are wanting more uh, oil because this huge production is going on in China, or, you know, there, there, there's more food production, or, you know, all of these different things, um, and, and they, they work in tandem, so you kind of have to understand that new can also be what's going on in the industry.
2: Yeah, well, I'll, I, will, I will tell you, Justin, that um, when you know Bill O'Neill, This was like 10 years ago, which is pretty amazing now. And, and Justin, I know you remember this because you went too when Bill O'Neill went around Los Angeles and did a number of free meetups. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I went to a number of them because I was mm-hmm. really excited to go and hear him speak. And there was one uh, meetup, and it was actually at Nanahan Beach, not too far from where I am. Uh, he spoke and he had his How to Make Money in Stocks book there. And he, he left it on the on the couch when he went up to speak. And so uh, Amy Smith was there. And so Amy grabbed it and she sh- showed the book to me. I have never seen a book more marked up. Yeah. <laughs> and so Bill O'Neill marked up his own book with oh, yeah. so many notes. Wow. So mm-hmm. so yeah, he, he's read the book, his own book many, many times.
1: He has. Uh, yeah, great, great story there, Justin and Arusha, of course. But... For this energy sector, Arusha, even though we're talking about Valero here, just uh, to be clear, you're opting to play this group with in the ETF.
2: With ETFs, yeah. If I want to get into some of the stocks, Valero will be one of the ones I'll consider. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm still debating it. Then there are a few others that I, I've passed on uh, over the last few days because I just wanted to put it more in the ETFs. But they, these stocks, are they are acting well. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a little bit, it's getting, it's going to get a little bit more tricky if the market acts like this, right? Where it's one day they're acting well the next day they take all those gains back. Then the next day they gap up again. Then the following day, they take it all the way again. When that kind of happens, it's doesn't matter what stock it is. And it doesn't matter if these are the outperforming groups and they are in solid uptrends. It just gets very tricky if you're watching them too closely. And so you just gotta know. You just gotta know the when. When times are right, that you, you uh, When times are right and when the environment's right for you to do well in. When when are you going to be able to do well in these stocks or not? And right now, I I just know just by past experience that these aren't environments that I just do well at. And so a lot of times the the
3: best the best answer is not to do too much. Well, and that's kind of that definition of that hard penny environment. Yes, it's, you're you're struggling to make every last penny you know you're struggling just to get pennies and meanwhile when you take a loss it tends to be bigger so again the ratio gets all messed up and uh, that that's what really makes it hard to you know make progress in that type of environment and why sometimes it's best to just you know sit on the sidelines for a little bit until it you know works itself out
2: yeah and and you also know if it's a hard penny environment if you if you start to talk to others who are doing the same system as you and they're struggling too, right? Or they're not like, you know, they, they, they're they really having to try hard to just scrape and, you know, get get by. Um, the the market the market can be, as we saw last year, it can be very, very easy mm-hmm. when you're in the right stocks at the right time. And, the, and it can be very hard if you try to force money out of the market.
1: Yeah, well, is Sherwin-Williams one of the right stocks for this year? It goes with that uh, economic... A reopening theme kind of, but also it just a lot of people are remodeling their homes right now, buying paint. It's in the, the chemicals group, not quite nearly as highly ranked as the uh, fertilizers, but Sherwin-Williams has gone on a pretty nice run over the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah. And, and this is one in the past that I've actually bought because uh, they have a strong brand name and they were one of the weeding stocks at that time. So, and they, uh, so I try. I like to try it because it's a little less volatile. I don't have any shares of it right now, but it, this one over the years I've noticed it can it can also trend very well. Uh, and yeah, Ali just pulled up a monthly chart here. You can see this is that obviously they are, they are the big player right in the in the paint industry, okay. and they keep acquiring companies and keep uh, keep consolidating that industry. So. Uh, that this is, this is something that I'll keep, I'll notice when it's doing well, but I'm not always in a rush to, to get, get into it, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just another way to play the the housing boom and uh, the, the real estate market.
1: So what do you think about where it's at right now? I want it's to way wait for a base right to form yes. some sort of pullback something.
2: Yes. Yeah. You, you, just cause these, uh, These are great companies and they're actually working right now. And and this is only 4.5% off its high. Doesn't necessarily mean you run and buy it at this point, that this is way extended. It's 11% from its last base, which was a flat base. And so if you missed it, you missed it. And Mm -hmm. you you just put it on your watch list and check it every week. And there's going to come a point where it's going to come in really hard. It's gonna all start, start selling off like a lot of other stocks, uh, especially if the market continues to, to go lower. Uh, and then it's going to go sideways for a while and potentially form another base. And that will be the next time. If it completes that base and emerges out of it, that will be your next time to get into it. And if the other kind of thing to do is if it doesn't do that and, and it's just more kind of going sideways, the 50-day moving average could catch up to it. And then it could give you an opportunity to buy off the 50-day moving average, which, which was a, a good move for a number of those energy stocks, uh, the, the oil stocks in, the, in the, the number two group. Those stocks all pulled back perfectly to their 50-day moving average over the last few weeks
3: and then completed their basis. So That's you right. were mentioning, you know, uh, some of these are coming down pretty hard. Um, let's maybe take a look at another one, XPO, that you were bringing our attention to. This one, uh, it's, it's in that transportation logistics. Transportation has been another area of strength. The Dow Jones Transportation Index has been doing well. Um, so it doesn't quite show up in the industry group here, but that sector has been doing well with some of the rail and um, others in that sector. Uh, but down today, 5.7%. Uh, what, what does that say for this great relative strength line? Um, and it can still go down, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: It, it's gone on a great run. Uh, it, it's finding support of the 21-day moving average, so it, it could hold there. Uh, mm-hmm. th- this is one that just emerged out of the base uh, around like six weeks ago or so. And it, ha- and, and it got a little tricky too, right? It tried to break out. It came back in hard, shook everyone out, and then took off. And a lot of stocks have done that this year, where they have this kind of really tough shakeout after the breakout, and then they were. Uh, so this one really could continue to find support off the 21 day moving average. Uh, I, now when you're in a great market there, and if it's a stock that I really like, I will sometimes say, you know, let me buy a little bit off the 21 day and just use the 21 day as my exit strategy. Uh, you know, David Ryan calls that more the mental health buy. If if you if you if you missed any and you're, you're kicking yourself, sometimes I'll, I'll do that just to make myself feel a little bit better. But, uh. This is a same kind of approach, though, and that's the the beauty of uh, How to Make Money in Stocks book by Bill O'Neill. Yeah, it there aren't them. I mean, there were. It seems like there are a lot of rules, but there really aren't. It's just manage your risk and wait for proper setups to buy. And so, same thing here. Let it let it pull back to the ten week line of the fifty day moving average. It could give you an opportunity there. These guys. It, what stuck out with the, uh, this story with XPO Logistics is that they're the, the last mile type of delivery. And, and right. as you know, obviously e-commerce is getting stronger and stronger, uh, it's harder for these bigger companies to always deliver the big products, especially like TVs and stuff like that to customers. So XPO Logistics really kind of grabbed that, that, that uh, part of the, the distribution uh, and, and really made it their own. And so it went on a great run in 2017. And uh, so, and it's been trending quite well here. So this, this is one that, that, that's on my watch list, but
3: you want to wait, wait for it to set up again. Mm-hmm. And if you're ever playing the Alphabet game while you're driving with your kids, uh, it's, it's great for getting the X, I will say that. <laughs> uh, so um, let's maybe take a look at a final <laughs> stock, MED. Uh, yes. Just real quickly. Uh, this was another one that was on your list.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so MetaFast, now this is more of a growthy type of stock. Uh, mm-hmm. and and metafast over the years has gone on some amazing runs uh it, it, they reported earnings last week it had an earnings gap and so it had the catalyst to emerge and go into new highs uh it actually uh so so you had the strong breakout now it's pulling back uh and if you go to the the weekly chart alley you, you can see it it's actually getting the the blue dot too right so that's what kind of stuck out to me here. Like, oh, wow, a stock that's breaking out and actually having an RS line hanging a new high. And it's more of a, a growth type of stock. Uh, they, have, they have solid, solid, really good earnings, actually. And their sales are very consistent. They're, they're in the weight loss business. And what's kind of interesting about uh, MetaFast is they do they have a lot of uh, coaching. Uh, so not only can you get the products from MetaFast, but they have a coaching kind of aspect where you talk to a a weight loss coach to keep you on track. And uh, so they have, it it is an interesting model and they've done well. And you can see this on the weekly chart. Look back in 2018, when the stock gets going, it it can really move. And it it, it is kind of impressive that it's back in all time highs. I mean, it corrected, I mean, Justin, you were talking about stocks correcting 72%. This one seemed like it did and, and, and it's recovered. All the way, mm. so they keep they seem to keep impressing Wall Street uh, when the time is right for these uh, cosmetic and personal care uh, groups to to work well. Uh, it always seems like Metafast is like one of the best performers in. This mm.
3: And as you mentioned, well, there's a lot of blue on that fundamental side yeah. uh, with with Most the earnings. and forty seven percent EPS growth rate with an earning stability of thirteen. I mean that's uh, that's that's pretty good. Especially with the way the chart, how because the chart seems a little bit more volatile, so
2: uh, earning stability of thirteen, and the lower the number, the better on for earning stability. Uh, That that what that's telling you is that this stock, this company, is pretty consistent at meeting earnings expectations. And uh, so, yeah, that that's actually pretty surprising for a company like this.
1: Well, you know, Arusha, we talked about both that relative strength line and industry group rank being so very important. Which one? is the dominating factor. Do you go with the relative strength line blue dot here, even though it's group 117 out of 197? Does that strong RS line outweigh perhaps, you know, it not being in the top 40?
2: No, and that's a great, great question. If a stock is in a really poor industry group, kind of like MetaFast right here, 117 out of 197, uh, that's a big negative but i've learned over the years that there are no showstoppers like one rating isn't necessarily going to eliminate a stock for me what i'm going to do is okay that's big negative does a manifest have enough positives to overcome that big negative negative? and so that's you, you kind of do the exercise that we we're just talking about right now you look at the earnings you look at the sales you look at the story and if it has enough uh positives to overcome that negative then you take a shot and see what happens. Uh, and you, w- the way I kind of learned that was years ago. I saw Apple in two thousand and four, and Apple's industry group was one twenty, and it was breaking out of a cu- its cup with handle at that time. I was like, wow, the computer industry group was terrible, but Apple's breaking out this uh, cup with handle. Uh, should I should I buy it here and the answer was yes. You know, It was a terrible industry group. Actually the relative strength rating was only a 54 at that time, uh, but it had huge earnings, huge sales. And it was and doing something very different. It had an iPod, oh. exactly. It was no longer a computer company, right? So so you always have to weigh the pros and cons. There, it, when you learn the system, when you learn these rules that we talk about here and, and that uh, talk about on, throughout IBD and the podcast on IBD Live, it seems very black and white these are all the rules, these are all the rules. But the more you learn about it, there's a lot of gray in there. And exceptions. And and exceptions, exactly. And and so that's where experience is going to start uh, taking over. And you're going to be kind of weighing the pros and cons. And eventually, you're going to take all these rules in the system and make it your own. You're going to start learning that you do better at certain stocks than other stocks. You do better in certain environments than other environments. Uh, And you're going to really cater it to your, towards your own personality. And, that, and that's the way you're going to get better and better at this because now you're really personalizing it, learning from your mistakes and writing rules for yourself
3: to get better at managing these stocks. And that's what it's all about, getting better. Well, Arusha, thank you very much for joining yeah. us today. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on and in the hot seat and the guest it seat. Was. Uh, so thanks a lot for coming on today. No, it, it was great to be here and, and thanks for having me absolutely we'll have you back again next week sarah ketterer of causeway capital management will be joining us and uh make sure you tune in next week for the show and we will see you next week uh this is justin nielsen along with ali quorum the co-host of investing with ivd thanks a lot for listening and watching and for this week's notes and charts make sure to go to investors.com podcast where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section and make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast@investors.com. at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.